what we do here is go back, 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 back. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take two pieces of, of paper. Did you just, did you just burp? Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. It is September 1st. The dude from Green Day probably is asleep right now. And we have regular season football coming up in almost 10 days. 11 to be exact for the Raiders, I believe. Andy, how are you feeling this morning? Um, Yeah, I wish I was that guy in Green Day because sleeping sounds, sounds great. And I will... Apologies, but I will correct you. It's the second. It is the second of September. Oh, yeah, you're right. But it feels. I didn't remember. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's uh, we got we got real football coming up, and that's that's exciting. We have um, a lot of things to look forward to. But this is the the tweener week, you know, where there is no football. We've had preseason, and I'm glad that's over. And now it's just we have to be patient because um, until I think we have another week, and then it starts uh, Thursday next Thursday. So. It's very exciting, um, but a lot of big things <clears throat> that has happened specifically for a lot of NFL teams and, and for the Raiders. But um, it was, uh, you know, the the finale of week three, which um, occurred last Sunday and a couple of days before. Um, a lot of teams wrapped up their preseason. Um, as we know, there are only three weeks this year. A lot of that's based on player safety and what they negotiated, you know, with the NFLPA and the NFL. Um, so we had our week three finale and. As you noted earlier, I did drum it up to, you know, it's a big Niners week and something that I was definitely going to watch. And I just didn't watch any of it, um, to be quite frank. I didn't watch it at all. It just, I think it's more the Raiders Niners that's important as far as the rivalry, but but also it's week three and the Raiders didn't even, they, they didn't even fly out their, their starters to play in that game. So it was very insignificant. Um, Gruden has taken a, an approach there and, um, what I was going to do is I just want you to break it down for what you saw. Um, and I'm just going to give my thoughts on kind of the approach of of how teams do it as far as, you know, playing starters, resting starters and things like that. So I'll kick it to you to start. Give us your takeaways of, of week three against the Niners. Yeah. So, you know, you alluded to you didn't get to see it. We had a church function, family function on Sunday. You were traveling north. Game started. We were still getting things going. Didn't have a lot of time to watch it, I'm sure, for you. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, we got our asses beat. Like, we just got our butts kicked. Uh, and I, I just felt like their quarterbacks just could run all over our defense. Uh, I don't have a crazy amount of takeaways from this. I thought that, you know, the offense was just kind of like whatever again. It kind of seemed like that Seattle game we came blowing out. And then uh, against the Rams, it's like, they did decent, but kind of looked like it stumbled this time. It just was like, blah. It wasn't, it was just kind of crappy on offense. Defense was kind of just getting ran all over. Once again, it's, you're obviously going to touch on it, but I think everybody that was at that game, suited up for that game, playing in that game was like bubble players, like trying to figure out if they're going to make the team or not. All week and kind of like leading up to that week and then leading up to cut day. Uh, and there's so many people talking about like 
if you stayed at home, you made the team already. You know, if you were there, you were trying to, you were fighting for, you're fighting for a spot, possibly a spot on the team, that kind of stuff. So we were seeing bottom of the barrel people, you know, for the most part. So um, I, not a whole lot to take away from it. Um, I didn't watch the full game either. I, I basically got to see about the first half, but um, in that first half, Trey Lance was running all over us. Jimmy Garoppolo got in for a tug. It wasn't great. It wasn't great at all, but it was also, you know, second team or, or third teamers, backups, all those kind of things. So, Yeah, it's and it wasn't all of our starters, um, to my understanding. I think it was really the offense um, and, like you said, the bubble players. But, you know, even then, some players that, that we just wanted to see. So Gerald McCoy, who, who we did sign, um, and we were kind of giving him this runway during the preseason, he was able to get in there and show what he could do. And I think, you know, Gruden and and obviously uh, Gus Bradley knew what what they saw in him and what they saw in practice, but they just wanted to get him some live reps. That was, uh, but also being smart about it. So we you know we were able to see him be a little explosive and be able to kind of get back in the groove. And um, for all intents and purposes, he looks you know he looks pretty good. But it was the the bubble players. You know, it was um, certain guys that didn't end up making it through this week, which um, you know kind of is where we're getting to. But I want to touch on the. I guess more so the the theoretically how coaches approach this and it's I'm, I'm getting to the point where I just I'm not surprised that you know whether it's Twitter or social media each fan base reacts a certain way to it's just football like we talked about the good right we talked about how it's you just love you just love football and so if if you're going and, and you're like I'm gonna watch this Raider game and I'm gonna get all into it you can't have your expectations too high, but it's also just the joy and the love of the game. So I get that. And I respect that. That being said, the expectations of, you know, why isn't Carr playing and you have Mahomes playing, you know, and you have Josh Allen playing. So, and I get it. I think, you know, I get it where it's like, I, you want to see those guys, but let's just be a little bit more realistic here, folks. You know, it's not the NFL's decision who plays in the preseason it's the coach's decision like the coach will say you play this many snaps things like that so if andy reed wants to trot out pat mahomes he wants to do it and if you think you have it made up as far as why and how it's supposed to be well you don't so he reed wanted to see mahomes for whatever reason and, and same with josh allen and certain um qb ones that started in the preseason and Derek carr didn't see a lick of snaps right so you can take that a couple different ways you can take it as well, we, you know, we're, we feel confident in our offense, which I think we do. I, and then it, cause it has been a strong suit for the Raiders in the last couple of years, or you could just say, well, we don't want to risk injury. Like there's, there's a couple of different ways you can spin it. Right. And so to me, it's as long as you get those reps and think of the, the scrimmages you had with, um, you know, the, the Rams and, and obviously, you know, your team, you, you start ramping up and start playing game mode to that level to where it's intense and you're, and you're playing starters on starters, basically. And when you're when it's practice, you're not tackling, you're not going down to the ground. So you can still get the same look. You can still get the same feel and confidence level without going into a preseason game where it's just like another football game and they're going down to the ground and they're making these moves and, and jukes or whatever you want to say, like movements to where I'm going to get tackled, you know. And that is usually the non-contact injuries or different different things that come from a Trey Lance throwing and his, you know, throw finger or his pointer finger on his right right arm is hitting someone's helmet, like those types of plays you just don't see in practice, which is fair. And so there's the risk reward, you know, for once again, for the Niners to see how it works with Garoppolo and Lance, 
you know, switching even in between the series, you know, in the same drive, um, you want to, you just want to see how it works. And so it's worth it to them, but it's just hilarious to see the overreaction. And I'm not going to say it's like, Oh, we're, you know, Gruden feels so good about the offense. He doesn't even have to fly him out there. What about COVID risk? You know, what about all the things that other teams are dealing with where it is more prevalent in, um, in San Francisco and, and things like that, you know, you don't know. So I just think it, the overreaction to why people start and how many reps and plays, you just got to chalk it up for what it is. And so the risk reward is, is there. And you, we also don't know what Gruden's thinking, but the people that played, like you mentioned, are playing for a reason. So whether it's like McCoy, who we just want to get to 10 snaps and we want to see how you look on 10 snaps or, you know, you, you say John Brown, you know, spoiler, it's like, you want to see, what, what do you have that, that we haven't seen? Are you able to adapt? Things like that. So the reason that the the snap or like how many snaps your starters see in, in preseason, you just can't act like you have it all figured out, especially when, you know, but it's all about context is what, what do you have? Well, Mahomes is playing and Allen's playing. So why isn't DC playing? I don't know either. So that's it. So chill out. But it's once again, it's Twitter. It's, 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 it's Raider Nation. It's fandoms that or it's fans that are just, overreacting and it's just because they love ball and i get it guys but you know just chill out for a second yeah and i think the biggest thing to that as well is like the raiders never have never had a issue coming out hot in this season the last two seasons we've come out very hot we just couldn't finish it out at the end so it's one of those damned if you do damned if you don't type of thing it's like it's going to be one of those like okay well if they come out hot and they're fine. It's like, oh, you're so smart for resting them and you know, giving giving them that time. And then if they come out slow, it's like, what the hell were you thinking? Everybody else played their starters, at least some. They should have got in there. You just gotta take it for what it's worth and and try to just, like you said, chill out, man, and understand that, you know, maybe they know a little bit more than we do. I agree with that whole sentiment. It is uh it is a wild world out there. Um, as we will get into later um, in my surprise topic, Sincerely Twitter. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. But, you know, I get it, too, where it, it, you look at the – if just, it's a Raider podcast, so let's just look at the Raiders, right? Like, we haven't been given this full comfortability of Gruden and the organization and Mayock and whatever, right? So, of course, you're going to see the Chiefs that have been in the Super Bowl, that have been the kings of the AFC West – and they're doing it one way and you're like, we should be doing that also, man. Yeah. Like, come on, like what's trust up? issues. We yeah, just got trust just issues. Trying, <laughs> it's just like, listen, like I'm not going to look at your text. Okay. And I trust you. And then you, and then just one time you see a text and you're like, I don't know who Jordan from work is, but we got to talk about it. You know, I get it. Right. Like, it's just things happen. It's because you get broke, you get broke so much and you just get hurt and you just want it bad enough. But Guys, let's just let this 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 is a you know a recovery week for for the soul. So let's just let the week go. Let's just talk about some cuts and then let's get ready for Monday night. So, in light of that, um, we had this past week um, as of you know yesterday had to get down to fifty three. Um, so this is a tough week where um, you know it builds up, training camp builds up, preseason builds up, and you got your players, and then you know you got certain things. Uh, you know, how the roster is going to look certain players, as you mentioned that, you know, you already knew who were going to be there and, and certain ones that were just on the, on the cusp. So we had to cut down to 53. <laughs> Mike, do you want to give us just your overall feelings around the cut day and, and the ups and downs and left and rights um, from who we ended up keeping to who we ended up cutting and also who we thought we were cutting and ended up keeping it. Anything around that it's, you know, I'll, I'll start with you on that. Yeah, well, first thing I'm going to say, hand up, I was bamboozled by Twitter. 
it's my own fault because I see something and, you know, you just want something to be true so easily, so quickly um, that you just, you know, you, you justify your beliefs. And that was um, a uh, fake thing going around Twitter out there that we cut Nevin Lawson, um, which uh, we didn't. So that sucked. Everyone knows how I feel about him. I'm actually, well, I'll actually get to that a little bit later on. That's actually part of my uh, Sincerely Twitter. So you could touch on it however you'd like. I'm going to hold off on my thoughts with that. So yeah, there was a few surprises, definitely a few surprises of, uh, you know, people leaving and also people that ended up staying. So I think big one for me was John Brown. Um, it, it floated around a lot of like, he could be a surprise cut. Um, but I think the surprise for me was that he asked to be released and we granted him that. I think he probably looked at it and said he was, with how much they love Zay Jones, he probably was fifth on the receiver um, depth chart and sixth when it comes to receiving targets because we all know Waller is number one. So you see people like, unfortunately, this is, this is and this is going to be the full like circle of life for the Raiders, is that the Ravens are just, all of the receivers are just, down and out right now so john brown will probably sign with the ravens and play us week one um so that'll be fun but uh you know it just probably was one of those things he saw that he's like i'm gonna be buried on this depth chart uh and go out and, and find a starting job somewhere else another surprise was carl joseph it's nice like this i feel like this is the same situation um like you were talking about with uh rasul douglas where it's like the raiders wouldn't have in the past cut someone like him or, or you know done this um but because of like how comfortable they feel with the depth that they have and, you know, where they're at with the rest of the guys in front of him. You know, they feel good about it. I think that it was one of those things where you kind of just expected Joseph to almost make it just because Vet was on the team before. He actually showed up pretty well in the Niner game. He played uh, played really well around the goal line, had a few stops on the goal line, had a uh, pass breakup um, against one of the tight ends. So, like, another part of the surprising part was that he played so well against the Niners that you're like, oh, okay, like, cool. You know, he's back. Who's back the week? He's back. But in the end, they ended up cutting him, which I'm fine with. It just was, you know, surprising that that happened. Another one I was surprised about just because never even heard of this guy before was Roderick Teamer, apparently doing really well on special teams. My thought was that, like, Gruden was looking at the um, the roster and was like, tell you what, man, we don't need players. We need teamers. We need guys that are here for this team. And so he just kept him because of his name. But that was just, just me not really knowing anything about the dude. So I mean, it's, that's probably as good of a take as you can have <laughs> without knowing them. <laughs> I, 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 that's great. That's, that's good content. Yeah. And so we did see a bunch of people get signed to the practice squad from the rookies, Regis being a big one. Last surprise that I had was uh, Derek Carrier getting cut. Forget the name offhand of the dude that that ended up being kept uh, over him. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Carrier's always been that that third tight end bubble guy that's always been on the team. I mean, the dudes, the dude that that is there is a big fucking dude. He's like the size of some of like the linemen, almost <laughs> not really, but he's Lee Smith reincarnated. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was like Moreau is a receiving tight end. Waller obviously is just a receiver who plays the tight end position. It's like maybe let's get someone in here that's like a legit blocker. <laughs> and Carrier was odd man out, but I, I think that it was chalk to a certain extent. But there were definitely some surprises out there. Seeing Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, the basketball player for the Kings and the Celtics, <laughs> um, Isaiah and, Johnson and the Pistons, and 
and the Pistons. This is foreshadowing a little bit. Yes, it is. Uh, seeing Isaiah Johnson get cut um, pretty early on and quickly um, was surprising as well. I don't know. I mean, he played well against the Chargers last year, but he's been hurt his whole tenure here. So it's, you know, new regime just trying to cut ties with different people. But all in all, I thought it was very interesting day. I was uh, very much in my seat eating popcorn um, during uh, Raiders Cut Day Twitter, and it was very electric. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have many thoughts after going, you know, going after you because that's a lot of my thoughts too. And I think you <laughs> covered cover the majority of it, um, which is great. And so it saves me <clears throat> saves me some space here. But I, I want to touch on two things before we move on. Um, number one, it's you know, once again, if if you remove your the emotions and you just put yourself kind of in the seat of of Gruden and Mayock from a business standpoint, you look at keeping. Um, you know, Roderick Teamer and you look at obviously Nate Hobbs was after a couple games, he was a no brainer, but it allows you to to move past Carl Joseph, um, who is a veteran, um, but also isn't on a rookie deal. Right. It's like he's he's on a, a, a bigger contract and these guys are, you know, are rookies or, or minimums or whatever. So it makes sense that way, especially if you look at them, you know, eye to eye and they're and they're at the same spot. Right. Um, I will tell you that Derek Carrier and this is new newer news to me he's back on the practice squad so oh, perfect. Um, he, he's back on there so i guess i'll touch on that carrier is back and one that you didn't mention was we did cut dylan stoner but he's back on our practice squad so yes. there's there's hope for different ways and references of stoner um you know coming on the team and making some plays if we need him hopefully we do not this year but um just two positives that carrier he's still with us man always and forever um the second thing is you know i thought about texting you this but I think it was just meant for me to, to say it this way on the podcast. Um, so when we, you know, when my wife and, and my baby and I, when we go out of town or if we go just to go get some lunch, um, our dog, Max, who you have heard on the podcast, um, I'm talking to everyone and Mike, obviously, you know him. Um, he's just an, an emotional creature. You know, he just he has FOMO at the at the at the biggest. Right. And so when we leave sometimes he takes it pretty serious. You know, he takes <laughs> it to heart and, and what he does is he'll, because he's one of the tallest golden retrievers of all time. Um, he'll try to get on the counter to find some food. Okay. And when he goes and he finds, you know, he'll usually find the bread, right? We, the loaf of bread, which, you know, you could look at it one of two ways where you shouldn't get the loaf of bread max, or maybe we should just put the bread in a different spot. Who's to say, right? So what he'll do is he'll, he'll grab the loaf of bread and he'll usually eat it okay so when sometimes when he eats it and we come back he's just guilty right away sometimes he eats it and said no you guys left me for two hours you deserve this you deserve this sometimes he grabs the loaf of bread and just moves it you know he just <laughs> mo- he just moves it to the to the living room or to the outside grass but because like look what i could have done yeah it, it, and you and it was either he's threatening us or he's just as he grabbed it he knew it wasn't the right thing and he also is like i don't know if i don't have thumbs i can't put this back up on the counter so that analogy is you know we love max okay and i love you micah and so i've just been you know the big eye in the sky like lord of the rings right just overseen the twitter oh. interactions <laughs> oh, and, God. and 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 i'm then and i just now I'm, I'm evaluating you as max with the bread so sometimes i think you you just go at people right and you're just like whatever sometimes you're like you know, trying to make a point, but understanding, you know, there's a lot of different things. So I just, I'm just going to check in on you where you're at with Twitter in general and where you're at with 
because there's been, it's been a lot of activity and I think that's great, you know? Um, but how are you, how are you doing with, with all this, just within your Twitter interaction with, with what you've been challenging folks, sometimes Raider fans, sometimes Bronco fans, you know, you, you ate the bread on a Bronco fan and didn't even look back, you know? It was like he came back and you're like, yeah, I just ate the bread, you know. So just want to check in. Where are you at right now? You know, I think it's just uh, Twitter is unfortunately one of those platforms and places where impulsiveness does not bode well for an individual. You know, I just feel like I'm out there. I'm on there. I feel like, you know, I, I personally don't tweet a crazy amount. I also don't tweet much from our, you know, podcast account. And, you know, sometimes I just feel like, I got to dive into the thick of things. Sometimes I just got to mix it up with everyone, you know, get the podcast logo out there in the conversations. Um, sometimes it's probably not the best idea. Sometimes uh, the route in which I decide to do that is um, not the most ideal. So I'm doing fine. You know, just was trying to get in on some on some lively conversation. Um, decided to maybe throw out some things that could be possibly maybe touchier top topics, subjects, uh, you know, some Derek Carr stuff, just uh, challenging topics, challenging people and challenging myself to be able to defend the takes that I'm throwing out there. So look, I think that it's preseason for all of us. Um, it's preseason for um, the uh, me as a uh, Raiders fan on Twitter, as the year creeps closer, as the season creeps closer. So you know, I'm just getting just getting my Twitter thumbs warmed up. You know, I might, you know, I may be getting in the mud a little too much with people, uh, getting and eating the bread, as as some have stated. But I just, you know, getting getting after it really, and just not looking back. <laughs> well, and so this is not an attack. This is just I'm seeking to understand. You know, because there's a lot of reason to when we do come back and the bread is eaten. It, it allows us to reflect as well. So it's not all, these aren't bad things. It's just, I'm just checking in. And I think there's a lot of great reason for you to be active. And, and, and a lot of the points I agree with, I'm just, it was one of those analogies that came to me as I saw it. And I was just like, let me just, I just want to check in on my guy, you know? And, and I think it's, we just, we want to, we want to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Right. And that's all I was doing. I wasn't going to, Hopefully that wasn't an attack on you. And I just, I encourage you to keep, keep at it. It's just, I want to see, see where you're at. And that's, that's (laughs) fair. It's fair for everyone here. Well, I mean, let's just keep rolling here, man. So these, you, you had, um, you had raised the hand and said, Hey, I have a a segment. (laughs) It does translate right into it. So, um, you know, your, your new segment sincerely Twitter is, is up. So why don't you just take it away there, partner? Yeah, so essentially, I'm just going to touch on two different things that um, one thing I just came across on Twitter. The other thing is something that was floating around a lot that, you know, turned into every single person, um, you know, kind of stating this thing. The first thing is this tweet that I came across that was probably the tweet of the year for me. Right. Shout out to at United underscore Raiders. He tweeted out for those saying this next like sentence is in like the uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, like uh, SpongeBob meme, like Joe, you know, like making fun of the way people say things for those saying cut car and sign cam, take your bias against Derek Carr and take it up to kiss my butt Avenue. And I ran across that tweet and I, I said, Holy shit, this is one of the best things that I've ever heard. Cause I'm like looking and I'm seeing all these people talking about different Sorry, things. For was- clarification, it, 
it said kiss my butt? Uh, uh, yes, it said uh, take your Derek Carr bias and take it up to kiss my butt avenue. Okay. <laughs> Context is key. That's great. Yeah. So in reference to that, Cam Newton got cut, I believe, on Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday. And so, of course, Raider Twitter was like, cut car, go get Cam, car sucks, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then the other part of Raider Twitter arguing back and forth. And then we kind of rolled into, you know, 53-man roster cut day. So a lot of this was just tangling in together. I'm on Twitter just searching Raiders cuts, just seeing what's the updated stuff, who's got cut, what's the word going around. You know, a lot of serious stuff and a lot of people like per sources, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then I run across this tweet and I just, I looked at it, I said, this might be the tweet of the year so far. I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, but I just, it's, you know, when you, when you're in like a, a diss off, right? You know, when you're, you're dissing people, I think when you get the, take that up to kiss my butt Avenue, there's not a way to really come back from that. Even if, you yeah. know, it's just one of those, it's, it's like you got dissed by like a, an 11 year old, but then that's why it hurts so much, you know? So I, th- I think that's, I don't, it's not what I would say, but I think that's a good diss by that guy. Well, yeah. When you're getting into the, like turning your diss into a street name, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, exactly. like travel to this place, yeah, <laughs> travel to kiss my butt Avenue. It's like, that's yeah, a pretty sick burn. <laughs> yeah. Travel to eat boogers central, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I won't take that. That guy's in his, in his market for a reason. So I won't try to jump in there, but anything else on, on the, the sincerely Twitter. Yeah. So the last one, this is uh, the new segment. Well, actually within sincerely Twitter. Um, and it was people well, actually everyone saying, well, actually we don't need to cut Nevin Lawson. He is suspended for the first two games so we can put him on the suspension slash IR list or whatever it is. So we don't have to cut him now. We can wait for two weeks because floating around Twitter, just looking around, especially me, as everyone knows, like, did we cut Nevin Lawson yet? I got duped into thinking we did. We didn't like, I even like at one point when I first saw someone say something about it, I was like, no, you idiot. We cut him already. And was like going to look for the tweet that I sent to you and Dan found out. That's how I found out it was fake. And I'm very glad I didn't just blow up on on some dude just being like, we did cut him. Blah, blah, blah. That would have been, man, I would have been eating some eating some trash there. But uh, just so many people just being like, well, actually, he's suspended. So uh, we don't have to cut him yet. And, uh, you know, really just grinding my gears on the fact that this Nevin Lawson sticking on the team tour is uh, being extended uh, at least until week two. So. That was my sincerely Twitter. Yeah, and that's that's great, and it's it's great you have a segment within the segment. You know, you have a brand new brand new segment, and then a, a well actually on the news. That's just no, that's that. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to walk this back too much, but I we need your we need your activity is what I'm saying. So not I'm not discouraging you. I'm in, I'm encouraging you. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you in. Okay, right. appreciate it. Yeah, great. Um, and then. We're, we're rolling it. So you, you had some thoughts, Malice and Palace. As, yeah, as you, you talked about, um, and it was just an inadvertent random fact about a ridiculous score from back then, but I watched the Malice and the Palace documentary. Um, and I had two, I just want to bring it up because I had two takeaways from it. Okay. The first takeaway is the water bottle guy. Okay. 
the guy that essentially everything was kind of cooled down for the most part. And uh, dude just hucks a water bottle and hits Ron Artest as he's laying on the announcer's table or the scorer's table, whatever it is. And that's what caused him to jump into the stands and just start swinging on people. Um, The first thing I want to say is, by no means was that right, but I get it. I would never, I would never do that. But as a fan at a game, when the other team is something's going on, if you've never thought like, I wonder if I could just like pull the pin on this grenade and just fucking chuck it, see what happens, see where it lands. Um, that was like the ultimate, like he just pulled the trigger on, on an impulse where like you're in the stands, you're like, yeah, like you're wild, riled up Pistons fan. You know, and he just did it. He just pulled the pin on the grenade and tossed it. And then it actually hit someone, you know, a lot of times, even in general, if you're, you know, messing around and you're like flicking a bottle cap at, you know, somebody at a friend or something like that. And you're like, there's no chance it's going to hit him. And you do it and it just decks him right in the forehead. I think that was one of those times where he's just like, oh, shit, it actually hit somebody. So completely in the wrong when it comes down to it, I would never have the guts to do anything like that. And I wouldn't want to just like deck somebody with something. But as a sports fan, I, I, I feel like anybody would say they'd be lying if the thought never came across their mind of like, let me just see what'll happen. (laughs) Let me just check this. Let me just check this. I'm I'm in this, I'm in a stand full of 30,000 people. Let me just check this out here and and, and see what happens. But um, the second takeaway I had was that uh, Jamal Tinsley is an asshole. (laughs) and set the situation for people who aren't super um, aware of, of what's going on. The game was over. They were playing. Uh, the, they were beating the Pistons. The game was essentially over. They started putting in backups, um, and Ron Artest, very uh, hot-headed individual, and had been, for the most part, keeping his composure, right? This asshole, <laughs> Jamal Tinsley, goes out there, not a crazy amount of time left and just walks up to Ron Artest and says, you can get your foul now for no reason at all. Like why? And, and Ron Artest, Ron Artest of all people to go and just like provoke him. And then he went, fouled Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace got pissed and the whole ball broke out. So the whole brawl broke out. So as much as water bottle guy, uh, impulsively tossing a water bottle escalated things. Jamal Tinsley was the reason that all this happened. Um, and he's an asshole. So. That's my takeaway. That's a great takeaway. And if you didn't know, we have our recurring guest joining again. Um, my daughter, who is, she was a little late to the production meeting, but she's here now. Um, so you will hear in the background as you can hear right now. Um, exactly. I know. It was a malice. Um, so what I, I, I think it's... <laughs> It's so great that you bring that up because there's so many different things about that um, interaction. Hi. Yep. Yep. That's my guess. Go Raiders. Go. There you go. So we need that every, every episode from you. Thank you. No, we pay you this much just for that. It's incredible. Yep. It's an amazing compensation package. Um, so I think what's, what's amazing is, Everything you said, right? Where it's like, if you haven't, it's not right that he, the guy did through that, right? Nor have you ever not thought about doing something like that. He threw it underhand <laughs> from way downtown. Okay. It was and the daddest toss of all time. It was insane. And it was underhand, but he was like, 
10 rows up, you know, like he was far away and he hit our test right on the chest. Is that not the most Kevin Malone underhand throw with a water ball that, that could ever be done? Of course. And, and if he doesn't hit him directly, like if he just missed our test by a hair, which would be fair, it's like, Oh, you're just a little bit on the, the release, you know, or the grip that you have, you're just off. Right. He squared him up and we wouldn't had what we had. And that was, I mean, not a good thing to do as a human being, but who's to say where we would be at without that deadly accuracy, you know? Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you watched it too. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, documentary. Definitely. Definitely a really good documentary. Yeah. Let's close it out with uh, Mount Rushmore as, as we do. And I, and I was thinking actually this past week about, even though we're completely stealing the bit from pardon my take, right. Even though we are, I was like, should we just give it its own name? And and so it's just under it's under some ad- advisement from the stakeholders. We might change up the name from R- Mount Rushmore, or we'll just give it the respect it's deserved um, for pardon my take in our presidents. Right? We have Mount Rushmore of rules for drafting your fantasy team. Now we have in the past said no one cares about your fantasy team. Okay, and we it, we don't, but we do. Right. So it in in the, in this next week I have I'm only on in two leagues. I have two drafts coming up. One is actually tonight. Um mm, and it's nice. sh- could be relevant for some of the folks out there. So as you get into um fantasy and, and as we know we can talk at depth to to uh NFL and the Raiders, it doesn't always translate from the NFL to fantasy. There's a lot of uh, emotions that come into play. So more so just your rules when you draft your fantasy team. Mike, I have behind my back an odd or even. May you select to determine the order. Uh, odd. It is even. Mm, all right. You, you get to go first. I get to go first. And my number one rule is to not the virtual. So you're doing it virtually, not you know, on, on a laptop. Let's just say you're doing it on a laptop for Yahoo ESPN, right? Don't be fooled by the rankings in that database. <clears throat> and so it's not to say that McCaffrey's not number one, but I guess a clear example would be Dalvin cook for the running backs is number two. Yeah. <laughs> and Kamara, Alvin Kamara is number five in Yahoo. Right. Just from what I was looking at. And <clears throat> it's not to say that I know who's going to be better, but that's how they have them ranked. They have them ranked by their own rankings. If you just hit projected points, which is the game, which is you need to have more points than the other person, just like in most sports. It goes McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and then Kamara, and they're very close. So it's like, I'm like, I don't know why you have them ranked higher, and it's not PPR. You know, there's different factors, right? But it's don't be fooled by the rankings because not we're not shaming anyone. We're not fantasy draft shaming anyone, but some people just go chalk off of just what the ranking is and just don't look at that, you know, and just go with, go with your gut. So don't don't be fooled by how each database or whatever ranks the people and maybe just look at the projected points, which is what the game is. So that's my number one. Don't be fooled by the ranks that you got. That That is a very good one because I, I literally just did a, a draft this last Saturday and there was a, a lot that I was looking at and I'm like, how is this? How is this person up here? How is this person, you know, ranked above this person or just higher in this slot? Uh, just in, in the overall players. And I didn't really think 
as deep into it like that as to switching it over to the things that matter like points. But you know, I, I do like that pick. So uh, my first pick, my overall pick for this one, it might be a relevance biasy because I didn't do it on this most recent uh, draft that I had. But if you're not doing the draft at home on a laptop where you're hundred percent connected to Wi-Fi all the time, um, add some players to your queue in case your uh, in case your connection gets lost and you get kicked out of the draft room, uh, which happened to me multiple times. Probably got I was out and about. Uh, you know, me me and the wifey were were doing things, and so you know I'm just trying to kind of do it as as we're out. You know, grabbing drinks, doing stuff, different things. So I was inadvertently getting kicked out of the lobby a few different times. Um, I felt like I still drafted a good team, but really just making sure that you're ready to rock um, just in case you do get booted uh, if you're not at home and throw some players in that queue, make sure that you got, you got people in there that you're uh, it'll automatically draft for you if you aren't in the lobby. Yes, that's great. And that's something that I, <laughs> that's something that I've, I've never done before. Um, and, and just a good tip. And this has been hard for me. Um, because just who I am as a person and who I've always, who I've always uh, drafted or how I've always drafted, remove the biases. You know, it's one of those things where I, I just never would draft Niners players, right? I would never draft Chiefs players specifically. So I, I used to do that, but then it's like, then I would get so consumed with winning every week. And, and, you know, and, and also like if it's, if you're putting in money, 50 bucks or whatever to, you want to win money as well. And is your pride worth it? I don't think so. Um, so I just think just stay, stick to your board. You know, if, if Kittle is there and you need a tight end, take Kittle and Kittle's a good guy, you know, it's like root for Kittle and, and remove, I guess that's what it is, is remove the bias and just root for the player, you know? Just because you're drafting Kittle, it's not just make it for Kittle and not the Niners, you know. So um, that's my number two. Just remove the biases, guys. Let's just play. You play to win the game, you know. Yes, I absolutely agree because there, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of going into each week and like being like, man, what guys do I have playing the Raiders this week? And you know what I mean? As much as you think like, oh, I'm not going to play them if they're playing the Raiders. Let's be realistic. What's you know, let's use your use your guys because it's going to happen. People are going to play the Raiders, unfortunately. Yeah, and and also like the reality of the situation is they are going to give up points. Yeah. So would you rather that guy <laughs> be on the bench and tearing up the Raiders? You know, no. I'd rather at least get some benefit that he's on my team and getting points for me. And I knew the Raiders were going to let him go for you know seven catches for a buck fifty five. You know. Yeah. It's so it's it's the age old uh, justification of being like, well, he's. The Raiders are going to give it up regardless. I might as well benefit from it. Exactly. All right. Go on. Number two for you. Number two for me is this is hard. This is a little bit harder because there's been, as far as fantasy is concerned, there's been so much lately in the quarterback position. These guys are going to get you monster points no matter, like all the time, like a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson. Um, you could probably put Russ in that category. Uh, but for me, it's it's like I, I I tend to overthink like where can you find quarterback value? Like figure out where you can find your quarterback value. Um, if it's a two quarterback league, that makes it a little different because they have a lot more value than, than you know just in a standard league. But um, find your quarterback value because you can get somebody 
you know, way down the board that will be a serviceable quarterback and good quarterback and, you know, may not be putting up super califragilistic expialidocious points. Um, but, you know, you could find a uh, find someone like a, a Matt Stafford down the road that just like their team never wins. They're never he's never on a good team. And this year may be different. But, you know, someone like that, that you could you could just snag like six rounds in, seven rounds in. So they say running backs king quarterbacks i tend to overthink where can i find the value but yeah finding finding a deep round value in the quarterback okay this is this is great because i might i might be going against you now <laughs> That's okay fine. now so and let's just for context purposes right let's say that you're in a league where the quarterback is valued right so in my the two leagues and the, the second one is a new league that i was just asked to play right and i was like oh, sure in that one the scoring is just like how it always is right um and then if the quarterbacks throw for, i think over 325 or something like that it's five extra points um and then but then for the other one it's only two extra points right so let's just use the two extra points example where everything is is even you know i've always used that strategy that you're talking about what i've realized is that the amount of anxiety and overthinking I'd have to do during the draft as I wait for my guy. And also for the rest of the year, I'm like trying to trade and trying to like play matchups as if it's like, you know, that's what I do with my defense. I do it like weekly matchups. That was an honorable mention, by the way. I've realized that I just need to, and it's not like my number one pick is Mahomes and it's unreasonable, right? But I've, I've just moved the quarterback selection up from like, I can find someone between rounds five and seven, right? To where, or let's just say, yeah, five to eight. And now I'm like, I'm going to take a look at them at three or four just to see where they are, just to see how it feels, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying don't like, don't snag a Mahomes or a Lamar or, you know, one of those guys that is going to be a, a monster fantasy at the quarterback position. I'm not saying don't go snag those guys, yeah. but you do have to kind of commit early if you're going to do exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. So I think you look at it and say, what what are the the positions that just have aren't deep? You know, some are are deep for seven, and then they just fall off like the running backs, and you know, some are like the tight ends where it's like there's tier one for three of them, and then it's just I hope this guy doesn't block as much as he usually does this week you know for the tight end so you go a lot of different ways i get what you're saying i'm just my change in my rules now is is just pull the trigger on the quarterback because it's just gonna if if you have the the positions addressed if you have if you have one or two good running backs and and the wide receiver group is deep you know let's say you have two solid running backs and you have a good wide receiver and or tight end just pull the trigger on the quarterback you know and just let everything else fall fall its way so that's mine. And that's more of a new one. It's, you know, you got to evolve in life. You just yeah, got to change football, it up. The game of football is evolving. Absolutely. Um, and that's super califragilistic expialidocious as well. Uh, not in the right context, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So that's mine. Mine is just, just pull the trigger. Don't be soft and let it ride. Cause that's going to future you is going to be happy about that. So yeah, number three, my number three, a little bit. And that's just, don't be worried about drafting a defense. And maybe I'm in, maybe, you know, it's a new way of thinking that needs to be had in this here. But we do know who the good defenses are and that are probably going to do well each and every week. 
But so many times it's just playing Russian roulette with who's playing the Jets or who's playing, you know, the Bengals of last year, whoever it is. It's like you can just go out there and jump on the way over wire every week. And there's two or three defenses that are middle tier defenses going up against a bottom tier team. So you can play the matchups. It is a little dicey to do that, you know, and. You know, if you're if you're someone that tends to, you know, want to try to snag a, a better ended defense, you know, somewhere somewhere in the middle there, then by all means. But my number three is don't even worry about a defense. Don't mess with that. You can switch that in and out. My last one is uh, don't give your ex a second chance. You know, she's always going to be who she is. Right. And there's the one player that won you the championship right or won you some money that just went off and and maybe the next year they just weren't who we you know who they were just don't give them another chance just call it what it is you know Lev Bell you did a lot of great things for me my man David Johnson you know a couple years back you you saved me and I thank you for that time just move on don't give your ex another chance just move on because because you're strong enough to move on because at times you've just believed in, in certain players and you're like, I know they're going to be back and give me this value. Just move on from the players. It's mostly running backs, you know, just because they're so valuable. But but it's okay to move on. It's okay to let them spread their wings somewhere else and hopefully to someone that doesn't know any better, which usually is the case. But it's okay. That's that's my number four. Yeah. Don't, don't be mad that it's over. Smile because it happened. Exactly. My number four for me. It's going to be kind of like a um, I'm going to give you my example because I don't get to do this anymore. Um, but my number four answer is draft Sebastian Janikowski and even like way too early. But my really what I'm getting at is and it's I guess it's kind of the opposite of you. And it's not necessarily hanging on to that one player who was once great or whatnot. Um, I feel Jano kind of was always great for the most part when he was with us. But like if you've got that guy that you draft every year and it's become like a thing and it's someone like a kicker where it's like, all right, you need to have this position. It, it doesn't necessarily matter who it is, but you're like, I'm just going to take this guy. I'm going to take him. All my main good picks are kind of done. There's only a couple rounds left. He's probably, I could probably get him off the waiver wire. Nobody's probably going to draft him. I'm just going to take him anyways. And that's where I was at with Sebastian Janikowski. Um, and it was some of the better times of my life. You know, it was, a great time in my life where it was just like you know there was even times where people like told me like hey i'm gonna grab jano before you and then i just ended up drafting him even sooner than that so <laughs> and maybe it's a play uh ploy for them on me but you know i always get to a point where i'm comfortable just saying fuck it and pulling the trigger on him um and uh you know that's that's my number four is if you got a guy if you got a if you got a guy that's not gonna be you know that's not you just like trying to hang on to your ex if you just got that you got that person. Just just do it. Just have fun with it. Take your Sebastian Janikowski. Yes. Okay. So I agree with you. Okay. Because it's a position where you can, you know, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, That's it's, the it's, point. It's, and when you return to the X, right? When you return to the, your X and they're and they're your RB one, it's just, yeah. The pain is just it's a exactly. lot more. It's like hey, I want to be. I want to take this serious now. You know, I want to get married. If it's that, then don't do it you know yeah you're like, so fluid you know you could that's the same as a defense you can switch yeah. it out yeah kicker's just like it. i'm in town for the weekend like do you want to get together that's fine you know um so i i respect i respect that um let me clue you in live okay 
I will I will update everyone. Are you okay if, if I run with this for a second? Of course. So as I mentioned, I have my draft tonight. 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 Um, and so, yeah, it's tonight. It's tonight. Tonight. Um, so I have the number two overall pick, okay? And it was random ordered, okay? Now, if McCaffrey, if, if the guy that is number one doesn't take McCaffrey, I'm just taking McCaffrey, okay? And the example I gave in the beginning it was, was really my truth, is I have Dalvin Cook or I have Kamara. Is, is who I'm dealing with. So you could look at it a hundred different ways, like I already have. Okay. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take two pieces of, of paper. Did you just did you just burp? Yeah, you did. That's silly. I'm going to take two pieces of paper and, and on one of them, I'm going to write down because my heart wants to take Kamara. Okay. Um, it just, spoiler, if you didn't know that teams have been scheming Defenses have been scheming against Kamara versus Drew Brees for the last three years. I would just encourage you to watch watch the film, guys. Okay, so because people the the counterpoint would be like, well, Brees is gone. So I'm like, yeah, if anything, that's great. And they got Jameis, who's he's going to throw some picks, but he's going to push it down the field. And well, he got I, he got LASIK surgery, so right, he's I mean, the guy I can see clearly now. I can see seen linebackers now. Yeah. Um, so there, I don't see, I, if anything, I see it's an, an up for Kamara because teams have already been scheming against him and Breeze couldn't push the ball down the field. That's just how I see it. Um, so I'm going to have two pieces of papers and on one of them, it's going to say Christian McCaffrey or Kamara. Okay. So basically like if it, if they pass on McCaffrey at one, I'm going to take him. If not, I'm going to take Kamara. And then the other piece of paper is going to be Dalvin Cook. What I'm going to do is record it, a video before I, before this draft and I'm going to have Avery, who is, is a recurring guest, and you've heard her on the pod um, the last couple weeks, she's going to just pick the piece of paper, okay? Now, what I've realized in this moment is what I've realized is I'm not going to look at the piece of paper until I draft, okay? And that's going to be my strategy. And this is like the, what is it called, the... Uh, the extras on Mount Rushmore, the, the <laughs> honorable mention. This is an honorable mention segment, but just don't, you don't know, right? You don't know what's going to happen. Don't lose sleep over it. And I'm going to have Avery selected. I'm not going to look at it until I have to make the pick. And also it's our pick, right? This is a team. This is a team first establishment. It's a team first environment. And if it goes well, we're going to celebrate it. If it doesn't, we're going to say we're, we're just going to look back at the film and get better as a team the way we select these things, right? No guilt, no shame, no service. You know what I'm saying? So that's my last part about the fantasy draft. Nice. I think that's a fantastic idea. And we will uh, we will figure out a way to get that out to the people too. So we can get we can get that videoed, um, get that get that recorded. We will uh, we will try to get it out to you guys because that, that seems electric. Seems like Seems like a a very uh, dicey thing for you to do. It does. Um, and well, and I guess what I'll clarify with is I'm fine either way. Yeah. But if I, but if I just allow this thing to carry me into 5:30, who knows where my mind's going to be? Who knows what kind of erratic decisions I might make? I'm just going to let let Avery just take the wheel here and just say, "Do less, God bless," you know, and just rock and roll. There you go. Because the draft really starts back at 23 when it gets back to me, and I'd rather just spend spend time there. So. So that's it, man. That's all I got. It was fun. Fun episode. Yeah. Really looking forward to, you know, the fantasy, even though we have this 
this one more week until actual football, um, you know, fantasy drafts and over overthinking how the draft played out and overthinking our teams is going to allow us to just let it be Thursday. Um, hello. Hello. Um, hello. It's going to allow us to get uh, get to the NFL week one season. That's that's really exciting. So Raider Nation, stand up. Do you got it in you? Can you say go Raiders? Go Raiders. Go rah rah. Go rah rah. <laughs> guys, we're, we're progressing. So yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, but yeah, Raider Nation, love you guys. Stand up as always. Sit down when you please. We are ready to go. Um, we got our team. We're preparing for Baltimore, and it's an exciting time. Yeah, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple iTunes. As of yesterday, we are officially a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are doing big things, if we, as we've alluded to. So continue to keep an eye out for um, you know all the same great content and and more as we uh, progress into this thing and and start kind of uh, jumping in with with other podcasts and cross promoting and just doing a, a bunch of a bunch of different things to grow the brand. So go follow the Instagram page at Raider Take Podcast. Uh, in the link to that, you can find where you can get all the RTP merch. Go follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at Take Raider. Uh, you can find the, the merch website in there as well. Very excited um, as we inch closer to the season. Avery's doing her little baby dance at the moment. We can tell she's excited as well. Um, and yeah, next time you guys hear from us, you will be getting a Raiders Ravens week one preview. So get excited for that. We got meaningful football coming up soon and we'll talk to y'all next week.